Now on the tee, it's Maddie and the Caddy. Here's Matt Barry and Michael Collins. We'll get to us in a second, but first, the call from Mike Tirico on Westwood One Radio. And Augusta National roars like never before. It was that moment and that call that changed the sports world and the golf world overnight. Alongside the caddy. Michael Collins. I am the Maddie. This is the Maddie and Caddy podcast that I've been waiting to do for so long. <laughs> that is because yep. today yep. we wake up with numerous things that we're going to get to. Plus, Andy North is going to join us. He was on our broadcast down at, at Augusta. But I wanted to do this podcast for several reasons. One, we wake up with Tiger Woods being a Masters champion again for the first time since 2005. But two, I get an entire podcast of I told you so's and it feels so damn good to sit here on the Monday morning after the Masters to know that no matter what goes on for the rest of this podcast that I was right you know what's gonna make you feel worse what the fact that listen listen to the disappointment in your voice even as I start to say it which I didn't think I was gonna feel bad about what are you talking about let me tell you something I have never felt so good about being so wrong. I know. I bet. Can and I just, like, I, I cry. Joe LaCava's wife had me crying in the caddy area waiting for him on Sunday after it was over. And she was, she's like, I've cried four times. I just can't stop. And I hugged her and she was like, Oh my God. And then she started crying again. And then I started crying and I was there with Kessler, Patrick Reed's caddy. Yeah. There were 30 caddies waiting for Joe. Yeah, look, I cried watching on TV. I put it out on Twitter. I'm not embarrassed. I didn't tear up. I, I don't cried. know who didn't. I don't know who was not crying. It's so funny. In the media center, it, one of the rules is stay neutral. Yeah. No matter, stay professional and stay neutral. When that putt went in on 18, there was so much applause in the media center. There was only a few people that were like, visibly shook up and mad that it happened but most people had tears in their eyes and then well there was a pause and when he hugged charlie that's it i'm done i'm that's it that's that's it and sam came in and he hugged i mean when he hugged his son and then hugged his daughter and the way just the way he held sam as well his daughter i that's it man that it's it's over. I don't care. Like I was weeping, <laughs> like sitting there. You you know when you know when you got tears coming down your face and you don't want nobody to know. So yep. you ain't looking either side. Everybody around me had the same thing. Not one person moved their face from in front of their cubic area, their little cubicle thing. Nobody moved their face. And Michael, I'll tell you why. I think that that was the feeling today and across the sports world. We've detailed on this podcast numerous times what a transcendent athlete Tiger Woods is. I think you put him on the Mount Rushmore of transcendent athletes along with Jackie Robinson, Muhammad Ali, Michael Jordan for what he did with bringing the sneaker culture into mainstream in the NBA. And I believe that Tiger Woods has that effect. And what we do in our business and in our industry we love a comeback story. We love cheering someone on who's been through pain in their lives. 
And I can't remember, I legitimately can't remember the last time someone this transcendent went through something that Tiger went through, which was going from being the most talented player to ever swing a golf club to ranked 1,000th in the world and almost being laughable on the golf course because of everything that he had gone through. And I'm going to segment this. I'm not going to talk about Tiger's personal life. That's that's not that thing. That's gone. That, that we're moving on from that. I am merely talking about Tiger Woods and the struggles he had physically to where even as early as 18 to 19 months ago, he wasn't even able to walk or lay down to get to the point now where he's once again, in my opinion, forget that he's ranked sixth. He's the best player in the world. And he did the one thing, and he did the one thing. The second that he started to believe, and I said this on last year's podcast, recue it. When he finished second at the PGA Championship, and he made that putt at 18 knowing he wasn't going to win, when he did that fist pump, I said it then. I said that signified to me that Tiger believes that he is truly back. And all it took was belief. There were people, like yourself, that didn't believe he'd ever win a major because there was just too much talent out there on tour. But somehow, some way, people forgot that this is the greatest player to ever pick up a club. And all it took was belief and a familiarity of a course. And when we saw that yesterday, and CBS juxtaposed his hug with Earl back in 1997 to 22 years later with Tiger, now the dad, hugging his kids, I believe that it'll. I, I put this out on social media. I believe it's the greatest comeback story in sports history. It and is. I also believe that golf will never, ever, ever see something like that again. No. With the chanting of the name <laughs> and the kids and the emotion, it truly went down. Is one of the greatest moments in sports history. We just we got to witness sports history. And moments like that just don't come along every day. But, you know, the one thing where I'm going to dis- – there's a couple of things I'm going to disagree with you on. Even though we we both agree history was made and it really means something. I'm not segmenting his personal stuff. That matters. That matters because that, that goes into the essence of who you are as a person. And, and what you have – that's part of the comeback. And and I definitely and I don't mean that in a disparaging way. I mean, yeah, he he made mistakes, he messed up, and when it all came out and whatnot, that was part of the intimidation factor. Tiger being taken away. That's part of everything that happened after two thousand eight and and going into that two thousand nine PGA Championship. All of that stuff matters. All of that stuff has a piece of the puzzle that became this beautiful mosaic of what we got to see the finale. Well, the finale of just that comeback and the pinnacle of it on Sunday. But all that personal stuff, because you have to remember, we're talking about someone who had built a global image of themselves that was completely destroyed. And so part of the troubles and travails weren't just health-wise. It was also when you go on to the golf course, yes, people are still calling your name. Yes, people are still cheering for you. But you also know now people don't look at you the same. And I don't mean inside the ropes. I mean outside the ropes. And even though that stuff 
for him, he's one of the greatest athletes in the world at blocking outside stuff. You can't block knowing that. All right. But the personal things to me went away when he was ranked number one and won five tournaments in 2013 because he had proven again that he was an elite level player. He got, Correct. he got through I that. Agree. He got through that and he got over that. And I think that we all moved on then because he was the, he was the player of the year in 2013. I agree, but I'm just saying that it, that was part of the process that, that he had to go through to but get to here. As it relates to yesterday, I don't, I don't think it meant anything. I, I truly don't because we already had gotten through that. What we were getting through yesterday was this person, this dominant athlete who had been debilitated to the point where he had admitted he thought that it was all over. All right, so we're pleased to be joined now uh, by two-time U.S. Open champ Andy North, who was on our coverage from start to finish uh, with ESPN. He's got a great relationship with Tiger. And Andy, at the first first out of the gate, you and I talk about this all the time, storylines and what it would mean. Now that we actually have something tangible to look back at, what was your immediate reaction the second Tiger Woods won the Masters yesterday? Well, I I thought that uh, from when he putted out from that moment until he got to the scores area was one of the most amazing four or five minutes of TV as far as emotion, uh, excitement, uh, the, the people around it. I've never seen reactions uh, like that. Uh, we thought that... Atlanta was crazy at East Lake last year when he won, when he was walking down the 18th fairway. That didn't hold a candle to how crazy it got after he won. Uh, that and, you know, you know, you know, happy for him, and it's great for our business. When you and I were on our coverage Friday, he had shot two under on Thursday. The leaders were at six under, and we kind of, you know, talked about he's got to love his position even at two under with the leaders not really making a move. At what point in the tournament, Andy, did you start believing and thinking, you know what, Tiger's not only going to be in contention, he might pull this off? Well, I thought on Saturday um, it, when all of a sudden it, his his the speed in his putting got better every day. And I thought on Saturday he played a real clean round with the putter he didn't hold a ton of putts, but he didn't make any mistakes with the putter. And I think that's – it's not who makes the most putts at Augusta to win the Masters. It's usually who doesn't make mistakes with the putter. Three-putting greens are missing four or five-footers, and he cleaned that up. And his speed on Sunday was just fantastic. A couple of those lag putts he hit were amazing. And he just, he just looked to me that he was so locked in all week long that there was a really that he was going to be there, and you know you feel like if if you get as a player, you're just trying to get to the the last six or seven holes and have a chance. If you're within a couple of shots with the last six or seven holes there, you've got a chance to win. And he didn't make any mistakes coming down the stretch. When it comes to Tiger Woods as well, you you look up there and you go, he didn't really impress you with he wasn't crushing it past everyone off the tee. He didn't have to play any kind of crazy short game shots, but he led the field in greens and regulation, which was huge. But for me personally, and I, I, I can't wait to get your opinion on this, Andy, when was the last tournament where we didn't have Tiger blow his stack at least once, where he would be visibly 
angry or slamming like a club or putter down. This whole week, no matter what happened to him, he, I've never seen him so cool and calm throughout bad shots. Because every guy there hit bad shots, and Tiger never got overly mad, like had a Tiger blow up. Well, I, I thought that was very impressive, Michael, the fact that he was in such control all week. It looked like he was a player at complete peace on the golf course. There is a stretch, there is a, a time, uh, what it might have been on Friday, where he hit a close, a two or three holes, hit good iron chest two or three holes in a row and missed them all and just walked over and put his putt on his bag and walked up to the next tee. He was so focused in what he was doing. You didn't see him talking to the other players like he does normal weeks. You, you didn't see him kind of joking around um, like we, you know, the situation we had with with uh, Kevin Na at the TPC. Mm-hmm. There was none of that. This was all about winning a major championship, and he was locked in from the very first moment. Andy, we, you know, know the impact Tiger had. I mean, 22 years ago, he won at 97, which broke down barriers for the sport. But 22 years later. He's now competing against players that took up golf because of him. When you saw past champions as old as Bernard Longer to recent champions as Bubba Watson and guys like Ricky Fowler and Justin Thomas waiting for him by the scoring, what did that? What what did you think when you saw that? It's all about respect. Um, It's like the players that go out and watch – Nicholson player hit the opening tee shots on Thursday. Uh, that's the cool part about our game is that, you know, you, you fight and fight and fight to try to beat somebody, but then you respect what they accomplish. And I thought some of the sound afterwards from the guys who were in the middle of the, the fight with Tiger were really, really good that, you know, how cool it was out there and how it was an amazing moment. And yes, I would have liked to, you know, had the, had it work out better for me, but at the same time, it was really cool to have Tiger win. I mean, you don't hear that in many other sports. You don't. There is a respect for someone who was so transcendent in the sport. And Andy, I kind of started the interview with saying, you, you have a good relationship with Tiger, and by no means am I asking you to get into the dynamics of your conversations, but you know as good as anyone, how much has this man been through to get to this point? Yeah, I think, and I thought that was... Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll admit, and Scotty made fun of me a little bit less. I got really emotional when he hugged his kids. Um, you know, as a father and, and a grandfather, that you know, it's it's nice to be able to show your kids what dad can do. And you know, he he made a great comment yesterday that you know, I had a, my kids were at the Open Championship with me last year, and I had a chance to win, and I didn't win on on the back nine on Sunday, and I wasn't going to let that happen again. Uh, I thought that was pretty neat. Um, you know, he's there's been a lot of stuff that he's gone through. There's been a lot of criticism as in the way the world is today about things that have happened to him. But he's he's been a really good dad to those kids, and uh, he's worked really hard to be a great father. And you know, when you know how much he he, he loves his kids and and does stuff, and was there a better look? on Charlie's face than when he was walking with his dad with the great big smile oh. on his face. That was pretty cool. With the hat backwards, he was like, you know what? This is this is my <laughs> pop. This is my pop. He's trying to yeah, make me cry me. again. Yeah, that, and that's, I, 
look, we all of us who are parents too, with that hug between him and Charlie and the hug between him and Sam, that was it. Like when you that when was you and it that, was real. You can't yeah, fake that. Nah, stuff. uh-uh, you can't fake that at all. But for me too, I mean, so many people so far, in, in as soon as this happened. You know, everybody wants to say the intimidation factors back, the intimidation factors. But but I don't look at it that way because this tiger is a different tiger than that tiger before. So it's seeing that as a father. You, you know, go ahead. Yeah. The intimidation factor wasn't back. But if you look at the two highest scores and anybody finished in the top 20 yesterday, the two guys playing the tiger. Yeah. Mm. Mm, you're Look. Tony Finau, I understand that one. Molinari, I, I, you know what? There are going to be people that are mad when I say this, but I got to say it because it's true. If Tiger goes first on 12, it might have been him that hit it in the water. Yeah, you I, don't know. Um, but Mo- no, he, wouldn't it- hit, he wasn't going to hit in the water there. He was going to go over that bunker. And, you know, we've said it on TV probably – a hundred times over the last 10 years, you do not under any circumstances aim at that whole location (laughs) on Sunday because you can't afford to, you can't win the tournament by making a two there. You can lose the tournament by making a five there. And with the wind swirling there, as it always does, even on days when there's not much wind, if a gust catches your ball and you're hitting it over that bunker, the bunker saves you. If if the bunker is closer to the tee than that bank is because of the angle of the creek. Correct. So if you, if you get a, a gust of wind and you're shooting at the pin, it's going to hit on the bank and it's going to go in the water, unless you're Fred Couples. Correct. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's one of those situations you just can't. And I thought one of the things that I took away, I thought he played – the, the second nine in such a mature, professional, veteran way mm-hmm. that he didn't force one thing on the on the second nine. We see him try to do things all the time uh, that maybe you would put it in the force category. He didn't try to do that at all. Mm. And I think that was why he ended up being the victor. And, and a lot of times, too, when we're having conversations about Tiger, it's us saying, well, he can't get out of the way of his own ego because he knows he can make every shot on the course. But yesterday, it seemingly he put the ego aside for smart, controlled golf, and it ended yep. up getting him his fifth green jacket. Uh, Nick Faldo said something on the broadcast. I'd like to get your take on it. After, which I thought they did brilliantly, which is just lay out and let the moment speak for itself. But then Faldo came on and he said, I don't know that we will ever see a moment in golf this great again. Andy, you've been around the all-time greats. You've won two S two U.S. Open championships. Where did yesterday's moment rank for you in terms of magnitude of the moment? Well, I don't think you can. I don't think you can make that stuff up. What happened yesterday? I mean, he it went it on so many levels. It, it was amazing from the personal comeback from uh, beating. Six of the top ten finishers yesterday rank in the top ten in the world. He not only won the tournament, he beat the beat, he beat the best young players at their game at their best. Uh, I think I think there's so many of those things that wrap up into this. But if this was a movie script, you turned into somebody in 
in uh, L.A., they'd tell you, this isn't going to work. No one would believe this. <laughs> and and, we and, and, and we that's what's Disney. so neat about sport. You know, you see so many of these kind of things happen in sport. And we got talking last night, what's the greatest comeback in the history of sports? The only really thing we could come back for, come up with, and there is a you know, there's a lot of ACLs and and Tommy John surgeries and all that kind of stuff. But real, real comebacks. We thought maybe the only thing that that overmatched this was when Hogan got hit by the bus mm-hmm. and then won majors after that, um, when he probably should have died in that car accident. Uh, but this is it's it's great stuff and and. Trust me, if people think this is a one-off and now he's going to sail off in the sunset and be really happy because he won 15, don't bet on that. <laughs> I, I think there's a really good chance he's got he's got another major win in him this year. Wow. Ooh, yes. it, wow. Okay, so I love it. That's the best page in U.S. Open. Would, yeah, would, well, there are places he's had some yeah. success in the past. So uh, in golf comeback history, nah, there's nothing that has touched this. The, the two conversations that I've had – about whether this is the greatest comeback in the history would be um, Muhammad Ali and George Foreman. Those are the two that I would say are close, but I still think Tiger's the best. The question I was going to ask you, you touched on just for a second, um, but I, I want to know your big picture when it comes to this now. Uh, Tiger Woods, what's next? I know Beth Page is the PGA Championship and Pebble Beach is the U.S. Open. With those two looming out there, now we know Tiger's going to be the favorite in, in all likelihood there. But even past them, do you now think he catches Jack? What's Tiger's future in your eyes? Well, I don't know about you know getting to 18. I mean, that, that would be crazy if he could come back and do that. <laughs> but, but if he wins one more this I, year, that's 16. Well, it gets people talking, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, and that's the cool thing. People are talking about our sport. I think, you know, I think the biggest thing for him in the next, in the near future is the fact that he isn't going to have to play a crazy schedule at the end of the year like he did last year. He's going to be able to plan his schedule out very well. I suspect he plays one tournament between now and the PGA, and then maybe he'll only play one in between the PGA and, and the U.S. Open. I mean, who knows? But we saw him play, finish the year playing seven out of eight weeks or something crazy last year after before and Seven after he nine. won. Yep. You know, which was nuts. He's never done that before in his life. He'll never do it again. And that's why if you look at the performance at the at the Ryder Cup, he was completely exhausted and worn out. His schedule'll be better. The only thing he cares about is winning major championships. So everything will be geared to be playing well. At Beth Page, he'll be geared to be playing well at Pebble, and you know, it came together this week. One of the wonderful things that I think is different makes great players different than the average players is that they have a real knack of looking at the schedule and then figuring out a way to be playing their best when they need to be playing their best. Nicholas did it, Tiger did it, Watson did it. All the great players figured out how to do that. And I think he, because of that, he's going to be in the mix. And if he keeps being in the mix, he's going to figure out a way to win one once in a while. And that's the beauty of it. He is now armed with that confidence of being Tiger again. You saw it in his press conference. You saw it in his post-run interviews every single day. Tiger is, in fact, 
all the way back from swagger to confidence to skill. I never thought I would say this, but thank you, Atlanta Traffic. Because of it, we got to spend some time uh, with the great Andy North. Andy, uh, appreciate your time today. Love working with you out at these events on television. And my best to you and your family as you guys travel back uh, after a victorious Masters for Tiger Woods. Well, I appreciate it, guys, and I want you to know this is absolutely my highlight of Masters. <laughs> and we got the Andy North snark right at the end. That's why I love him. Thank you, Andy. Thank you, brother. <laughs> uh, coming up next, producer Andrew has a couple of questions for us. Plus, we will detail a little bit more because I'm going to sit caddy down in an interview chair because I have questions for him of which I will rebut every answer. That and more coming up next on Maddie and the Caddy. But first, we all love a night out, whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on our favorite team. With Vivid Seats, you can attend to the concert, show, or sport an event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for the seats in the section and row of your choice. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive 10% off your first ticket order to save even more money. Go to the App Store or Google Play, download the Vivid Seats app. First-time customers, again, use the promo code GOLF for 10% off your first Vivid Seats order. Every purchase backed by 100% buyer guarantee from the biggest concert and games and the hottest theater and more. Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app, enter the promo code GOLF for 10% off your first Vivid Seats order. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get your favorite live event. Download the app, enter the promo code GOLF. For 10% off your first order on Vivid Seats. Welcome back to Maddie and the Caddy, the podcast. More on Tiger Woods. But first, I love Dollar Shake Club as everything I need to look, feel, and smell my best. What I love even more is the fact that I never have to go to a store. That's because Dollar Shave Club delivers everything I need right to my door. And two, they keep me fully stocked on what I use so I don't run out. Here's how it works. Dollar Shave Club has everything you need to get ready, no matter what you're getting ready for. They have you covered head to toe for your hair, your skin, your face, you name it. They have it. And they have this new program where they automatically keep you stocked up on the product you use. You determine what you want, when you want it, and it shows right up to your door from once a month to once every six months. So the latest thing is Dollar Shave Club toothpaste. How nice is it that you never have to run out and never have to think of going to a store to buy toothpaste? How much cleaner does your mouth feel since you started using it? How much fresher? is your breath. I know for me, I use both and it is fantastic. Plus with their handsome discounts, the more you buy, the more you save. Right now, they've got a bunch of starter sets that you can try for just $5, like their oral care kit. After that, the restock the box ships regular sized products at a regular price. So what are you waiting for? Get your starter set for just $5 right now at dollarshaveclub.com slash Maddie. Again, that's dollarshaveclub.com slash Maddie. First question. Go. What was it that made you so incorrect about Tiger's chances of winning a Masters? Why didn't you believe that it was true? Even after Eastlake, when I said that was with some of the best players in the world and he won. Because what did I say after that? I said if Eastlake Tiger shows up, he will win the Masters, and you laughed it off. Why did you believe the way that you did? Well, number one, the one thing that everybody – takes away from Eastlake that they forget is Tiger was got to play a whole bunch of golf and build a whole bunch of momentum and then that was the pinnacle and he crashed something horribly after that. So he peaked and crashed. Everybody else that was going into Eastlake was on their crash. Okay? 
So, and people, it's the best players in the world. No, it's the best players of the year. Not the best players in the world. There were plenty of great golfers that didn't make it to East Lake. All right, was, jo- was, was fine, was, but that's not why. Was Justin Rose there? Okay. Was Rory McIlroy there? Uh, was right. Ricky Fowler there? Cool. Was Dustin Johnson there? Fantastic. Was Brooks Kepka there? Uh, okay. Who else do you need? Um, what What else did you What else did you need? Francesco Molinari. <laughs> okay, taken care of. Now, yes, but I'm just saying. Look, here's this. Is all I'm saying when it comes to East Lake, East Lake is the end of a very long season for a lot of people. Okay, so. Eastlake is also not a golf course where I would be like, oh, that's a major championship venue. No, it ain't. Narrow fairways like Augusta in spots. What? Augusta's got narrow fairways in spots. Yeah. It, like, the, there's a lot of the, there was the, And that's why there were a lot of, even during the tournament, there were a lot of people that said, hey, look, this course kind of has an Augusta-type feel with some of the issues that he's got to go through. They try and say that about every golf course. Nowadays. We're just we're just every getting back to why you were wrong. Like here's why here's why I was wrong. The reason that I was wrong was because of the guys that you said, Justin Rose, who I don't know who the golfer was that showed up. Oh, that was weird. Week. Yeah, I know. And even a guy like Paul Casey who came into the week playing fantastic, shot in the eighties. Yeah, which was really weird. Anyway. Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, at, Jordan Spieth at, at Augusta when it comes to Augusta. Like, I know he hasn't been playing great, but throw him in there too. Jason Day. You take all of these guys that are on top of their game and, and when they're playing good. John Rahm's another guy who's coming on strong. All of those dudes, when their A game shows up, Things would have to fall into place so perfectly for Tiger to, one, put himself in a position to win, and then those guys would have to start falling off a little bit and not have their A-plus game out there for him to win. I'm just And it was hard for me to believe that the stars would align that way. The fact that they did... This wasn't about stars aligning. Yeah, it was. This was about... I'm just... Did DJ make the putt on 18? No, but Tiger missed. Make the putt on Tiger, Tiger missed five foot putts earlier in the week. My point is, I'm just stunned that, and, and this isn't just you. I'm picking on it's anybody who went out there was like, it ain't gonna happen. It ain't gonna happen. What was it about last but year? But it's that, not like I said Tiger wasn't gonna win tournaments. You said Tiger was never gonna win another major. A major, multiple times, said. multiple yes. times. Yes. But what I want to know is what was it about last year's body of work that didn't give you enough evidence to change your mind going into the season. What solidified the way that I felt last year was what happened to him both at the Open Championship and the PGA Championship. That actually solidified how I felt. But what did we say afterwards? That was the first time since the comeback he had been in competitive juice form at It don't matter. It don't matter. You're still talking about – and this is – this is where even now people are going to go back and they're going to be Tiger's going to be the dominating force and factor again like he was before. Like he's still a 43-year-old dude that has had four back surgeries, a bunch of knee surgeries and ankle surgery, right? You remember that? Wonder what that security guard's doing right now. Oh, I, we're not allowed to talk about it, but yeah. Welcome to Walmart. 
We can talk about it now. We ain't there. They won't be mad. All right. Well, they might be. We better not. Look, I had to go buy a jacket. I don't even. Oh, I'm I'm aware of your reputation. (laughs) I'm aware of what Augusta National thinks of you, sir. No, thank you, Augusta National. Your boy got hooked up with Joseph A. Banks' $800 jackets. Feel free to give out a free sponsorship. Go ahead. Why not? I'm just. Hey, look. I didn't say that they tailored it. Everybody was making fun of me, like, "Why are you wearing your dad's jacket?" Shut up, <laughs> stupid! I had eight minutes before to get a jacket and get back there. Uh, everyone see, even is going you're gonna, from. You're going to naysay this now and say, "Well, he's still 43." I don't like Michael. I couldn't have slapped you in the face any more than if I did with a putter. The I'm, dude has Tiger skill and confidence again. Agreed. So what else? I agree you, on that, though. We're going to get this for. Two and a half years, maybe three. See, don't stop. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. This is the time where you just be like, stand in the corner and just don't say nothing. Don't move. I told you at the beginning, if yesterday was it, I would be at peace. But yes, but see, you're not at peace if you're talking that right there. No, but I'm not talking that smack. We got it for another two and a half years and it's game on. Shut up. We don't know that. We don't know that. Hell, we had a dude that almost took him out on Saturday. (laughs) See what I'm saying? So you know what I say to all the people that are like Tiger's back and he's going to dominate for the day. Shut up. Shut up. Stand back. Don't say nothing. You, like who when, are you? Who listen, are, who when, are the, you? when the most beautiful girl you've ever seen, when the most beautiful person you've ever seen comes over to you and goes, hey, you want to go? Just come with me for a second. You don't be like, hey, yo, everybody, check this out. You see who's talking to me, right? Check it. Yeah, I'm about to do this. You know you know what happens when you do that? That person vanishes. Okay, well, Maddie and the Caddy patrons, feel free to laugh at everything Michael Collins just said because he was the naysayer of all naysayers when yes, it came to Tiger. Yes, I was. So you- I w- but I'm also going to be the guy that's now going, do you want it to last? Cool, shut up. All right, well, I don't think you've earned that right, but that's, oh. that's neither here nor there. Cause you, when you- Why? Because, wait a minute. Because I'm the one dude who's standing up and screaming to everybody, I was wrong. How many people do that? How many people are not afraid to stand up and be like, yo, hey, I messed it up. It's on me. Y'all were right. It's cool. Everybody else is trying to double down, and they're like, no, I really didn't say that, or you took that out of context, and this is blah, blah, blah. Look, I'm standing here right now taking the hit. So as coherently as as you can, I would like you to send out and speak a heartfelt I was wrong about Tiger Woods winning a major real quick. Because you, you kind of haven't just said it. You've kind of just been like, eh, I was wrong. I need you now to. No, I'll I, be, listen. I need I, you to speak to I the patrons, and I need you to speak directly to me Ready? and say, Matt, you were right. All I right. was Go. Okay. I want everyone to know. Especially Matt. I, especially I, Matt. Oh, no, I'm not saying that part. <laughs> I'm not saying that part. I want everybody to know from the bottom of my heart, I was wrong. I was wrong. That I I did not believe that this could happen. I didn't believe that this could happen. I believe that there were way too many other factors that were in play that would take this away from all of us. And I didn't want to believe that it could happen. And I have never been happier about being wrong than I have been this past week. Never. I have never been happier about being wrong. It's been awesome. I love it. I love the fact that I can stand up and be wrong about something that has brought so much joy and history to the world. 
And I, I'm cool with that fact. I'm okay with saying I was wrong. I'm, yeah. I'm fine with saying that. Excellent. I'll accept that. All right. Um, I believe producer Drew Brooksy has a question for us, and then I, I do want to go big picture with where this ranks personally in, in your sports moment mm. five. So, so Brooksy, what, what do you got? What do you got for us? All right. So originally, I was going to ask you guys a question: Was this the greatest field that Tiger Woods has ever won a major against? But I changed my question. Okay, what do you got? Who wins a major first, Ricky Fowler or Xander Schauffele? Ricky. And I'm a big Xander fan. I pick Xander on ESPN.com uh, to win the players because I, th- I think he's got that game. But Ricky's more seasoned. Ricky's been there before. Ricky also has more baggage. Yeah, well, because he's a superstar. Xander's not a superstar. No, but I'm saying Ricky's got baggage as far as like having things happen to him at majors. That yeah, no, you're look. I I think either. I mean, I just I think Ricky's got some pelts on the wall that, that Xander didn't have yet. I agree with that too. Uh, so you're saying Ricky wins first? Yeah. I'm gonna say Ricky gets one, but I'm gonna say Xander wins first. Okay. I've got a question for the both of you. What happens first? One of the three players eligible to win a career Grand Grand Slam win it, or which are Phil, Jordan, and Rory, or Tiger wins another major? Well, Phil's going to be first up. Or no, Jordan's, Jordan's first, first up at PGA. At PGA and yeah, and Tiger's in playing all of them. So, yeah, Jordan ain't winning the PGA championship. At Beth Page, okay. Nah. And then next up, Phil at nah, Pebble Phil Beach. Like, no, he just won at Pebble Beach earlier in the year. Oh, so, yeah, that's a you dancing with a different you dancing with a different partner. Mind if I dance with Joe Dates? <laughs> I would feel free to walk through the answer before you give an answer. The. I'm what well, I'm just I'm thinking it out loud. Is that cool? Yeah. Or you want me to just be quiet on a podcast for five minutes while I think myself through Brooksy, do you have your answer? <laughs> so the I think the answer is Tiger obviously Wins Tiger first. Woods. But I am uh I don't think he plays well at Beth Page. I don't either. Um so I You know I, what's gonna be crazy? Tiger's gonna win the open championship. At an Irish course that ain't nobody seen before. You know what? Like, that's what's going to be so stupid. That's funny you say that, because I think the other half of this podcast also said Tiger was either going to win a Masters or an Open Championship, because those are the kind of courses he's comfortable with. Now i got to root against Tiger. (laughs) Before, I was going to root for that to happen, but now... Oh my gosh! I could. They didn't even sell hat sizes big enough. They got to call New Era. Like I couldn't get your head in one of them hat cars. Oh, it's just so great being right about something like this. All right. <laughs> Finally, I would like this from both Brooksy and from you, and I'll answer it as well. Where does yesterday rank in your all-time sports moments? Brooksy, you go first. So, um, I don't know. Not even top five. Not even top five. Because I wasn't there and I have lived an amazing life. I was at St. Andrews when Tiger won in 2000. Oh, wow. I've been to NBA. Like, I, that's fair. For me, it's just, it's not. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. It's not top five. Um, but it's, it's up there. I mean, I, I sent the wife away and watched all morning, uh, (laughs) so that I wouldn't be bothered. That's what's called having your house in order. All right. 
Caddy, what about you? Huh, that's right. Please send all emails to Matt Barry at <laughs> uh when the Phillies first won the World Series in nineteen eight the first one I saw in nineteen eighty, I cried like a baby. All right. Uh when the Eagles this one, I cried. Okay, so you've yeah, so you've got some personal fan experience. I get that. Yeah, yeah. And so and I, I was at the last World Series that the well, I was at most of the last game of the last World Series that the Phillies won. Um Hmm. Overall experience for from start to finish. Yeah. At, actually, no, not even that. Just Sunday, Sunday, everything that happened, watching Tiger and being there and being a part of it, and then being at the caddy house, and then being with a bunch of the the men that work, the men and women that work at the media center in that palace that Augusta has graciously allowed us to use every single year. Thank you very much for that too. Um. I I would say this is in my top ten. Okay, good. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's ten's a lot. I don't know. For me, it's a little more difficult for me because born and raised in, in Scottsdale, Arizona, we didn't have a pro football team growing up. Uh, we didn't have a baseball team growing up. So you couldn't. I, I couldn't get attached to things um, as quickly because I had to find teams outside our market. It was always Arizona State football for me. Um, my Super Bowl heartbreak was with the Cardinals and Steelers. I've never gone from as high and high to a low, low as, mm. as low a low. And then it was the 97 Rose Bowl, Arizona State, Jake Plummer, Ohio State. I was as high as I've ever been. And then to watch Joe Germain go down the field and break my heart. <laughs> it was, it was, to David Boston, was absolutely heart-crushing. Jake Plummer and that whole team. So I don't really have any sports high. Now, when the Diamondbacks won the World Series in 01, I just moved away from home to start my career. But again... There wasn't an attachment. That wasn't your team as a Yeah, because yeah. there wasn't the attachment. I ranked yesterday for me, I mean, it's top five, if not top three, mm. because I'm a sucker for stories. I'm a sucker for moments. And that moment, to see someone that you've essentially grown up with watching, and now in his early 40s, 43, and I just hit my 40s, to kind of be able to live it again and feel the moment again, I it, it meant a lot. And I, you know, I I was joking around yesterday. I was like, you know what? Put that three thirty minutes of TV, put it in an IV bag, and inject it right into my veins because it was just that awesome. Um, Brooks, Brooks, you had one. Go ahead, Brooks. I have one more before right. we go. In my position, I was in Vegas last week. In my possession, I have a Tiger wins the Masters winning ticket. Now, by the time I got him, he was down all the way to 10 to 1. Okay. So I put $10 on him. I have a ticket that pays $110. Would you send it in or would you keep it? Keep it. What's what's the $110 going to do for you? Well, that that's – and honestly yeah, – but, but hold up, though. The ticket doesn't mean anything unless he signs it. Who? Tiger. No, it means that – Brooksy was in Vegas the week of the Masters League prior, so? and, yep. and all it cost me was ten dollars. Keep it, so, so that's a souvenir. Yeah, I keep the ticket, but let's let's see if we can get him to sign it. Well, if we're doing that, because I, I mean that ain't, that ain't the, <laughs> oh, don't think I ain't got some flags, bro. <sighs> yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd keep it. Yeah, I, I would. Yeah, I, I would keep it too. All right, so I, I would keep. Yeah, it too. Did, but you gotta. Hopefully you have other memorabilia that you can get as well because just having a ticket like that is nah. 
ten dollar souvenir because I'm gonna we're gonna end it with this. Um, souvenirs aren't ten dollars at, at Augusta National, and nope. I would like the patrons. We'll, we'll, we're gonna each be. We'll each, I didn't get a putter. Oh, they. I tried. We're not gonna lie to anybody. I would like to know what your total bill was at the team shop. Yeah. 1100 11 just over 1100 and I tried to get one of the Scotty Cameron putters um but by the time that I was able to finagle a way to get into where they were sold because they're not somewhere that normally I can get to uh they were gone cuz they had a Scotty Cameron mallet putter this year which they don't release very often mm-hmm. they think it's only the second mallet and that would have been 900 not to say that a few years from now I might not still try and get one off of eBay. Yeah. Cause there's a bunch of them out there. But now since Tiger's won, people are trying to sell them at stupid costs. But what you got to do is just wait it out. If you're going to get one weighted out. So 1100 is your total. I think I did about 750. Yeah. But see, when I'm doing it, I do, I do, you know, gifts and whatnot. Yeah. Nah, I don't do gifts. Even though Wright stole, Wright Thompson stole a bucket hat. Because he's like, my head's too big, none of them fit. And I was like, well, I got double X's. And he put the blue one on while we were live on the Twitter show and then dipped out, just left. <laughs> he was like, yeah, this is fine. I found, found one that fits, man. This is great. Thanks, dude. And I was like, what's dank? What's, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he did promise to send me a signed copy of his new book. So, And he also said oh. he's going to come on the podcast with us and we can talk about it as well. So he stole a hat, and I got to send two hats to George Lopez. Oh, All right. boy. So those were, and I didn't, you know, those were, those were the only gift, gifts that I bought. Everything else was for me. Although I did buy more baseball caps with the purpose of giving them out. So. You're, at least for now. Uh, yeah, I mean, I got plastic bags full of hats. And listen, everybody who sent me boxes with the uh, self-addressed stamp thing, I didn't forget about you, okay? I promise. But I just have not been home more than three days in a row because every time I go home, my wife tells me, hey, we're going to do this. When do I get to just chill and take a deep breath? Apparently not for a while. But at some point, I promise, there are care packages that have been put together for a lot of people, and they are going out. I promise. Okay. So if you're waiting on him, keep waiting. Yeah. He'll get to it. Um, real quick before we get out of here, I'm going to tease something, but I'm not going to give you too much information on it. There's a potential we have a really special guest on the podcast this week. So all I'm saying is like, there could be two releases of a podcast. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Stop. All right. There could be two. Stop. You started. There could be two episodes this week. (laughs) Again, the social media at Maddie and Caddy, M-A-T-T-Y, the word and C-A-D-D-I-E. That is both the Instagram and the Twitter. This is the podcast I've been waiting to do for 41 episodes. And we finally got it in today. Tiger Woods is a major champion again for the caddy. The guy who was wrong because Maddie was right. I'm Michael Maddie. Collins. <laughs> I am Maddie. The guy that was so happy to Shut be up, right. Shut up. I already gave it to so you. So happy to be right. It won't be the last time. This has been Maddie and the caddy. The Tiger Woods wins another major championship podcast, if which I said would happen again. Thanks for listening to Maddie and the caddy. Check out more great ESPN podcasts in the ESPN app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Maddie and the Caddy.